Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my pal in Calgs, Dr. Luke Gledall, is my co-host for this episode and every other episode. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm good. How about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. It's a bit of a bit of a different uh, experience again today. We, we've recorded immediately after games. We've recorded the day after games. Uh, this is sort of later on towards the evening of the match on Saturday. So, you know, it's nice to mix things up. It's nice to uh, to get some of those different experiences in. Yeah, so you're, you're well. You're uh, you're feeling, feeling you know, good about things. <laughs> there's, a, there's a springy yeah. step. Yeah, all right. Um, I had a really funny kind of moment, which I thought I'd share with you and the uh, and the podcast listeners as well. So a friend of mine, uh, Daz, who uh, I grew up with in Sheffield, and then he moved down to, to London for a few years. And uh, we also went down and had a few times as well, seeing a few Wednesday away games in in uh, down in the big smoke in the League One days. And, oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, before I kind of left um, mm. for Canada... And then he kind of packed up his stuff and went back to Sheffield, basically. Okay. And um, yesterday I saw a tweet from him, which was a picture of a London bridge. And I didn't know what was going on. So I just sent him a text asking if he was down south. Um, but actually, no, it was just his friend Dan, who still lives down there, sending him something. And okay. uh, him sharing it on media. Um, so I thought he was down in London to watch the Wednesday game. And yeah. I was completely unawares of the complete news. Um, so, Yeah. So Luke Ledall, oh, one of yeah. the co-hosts of Different Gravy, is late and misguided, <laughs> much like Joey Pelopesi. And alongside my co-host, who is the Bannon to my Pelopesi, that's Richard Miller, because he is Scottish. <laughs> oh dear, yes. Uh, to be honest, I've just twigged on the significance of the uh, yeah of the particular image now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, yeah, that's. A... Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's quite a thing to walk into. Yeah, I was like, oh, I think I misunderstood your text. And then we, we talked a little bit about that. He was, I guess, sharing it because it was maybe trying to just get ahead of the media, which I think a few people did on on the right, socials. Yeah. And then we talked about it. Was uh, talked about the game, which we'll get on to. Yeah. So, well, the first thing to deal with really is breaking hoo hoos. Breaking hoo hoos. There's a few things this week. Yeah, so I guess well, we're looking back at the the midweek game, the game against B- Birmingham. Yep. There's also there was the there was also the so, so I think yeah chronologically I think a game against Birmingham is is probably kind of uh, first and foremost. Uh, there was also the weird. Uh, did you manage to see the sky? sort of teammates video of uh... I did yes the um <laughs> the future uh the future Morecambe and Wise that seems to be Bannon and Fletcher <laughs> yeah with the kind of maybe interesting at times but uninspiring kind of banter back and forth <laughs> um I did see that actually I know you texted me and I did see it prior to when you sent it over to me yeah. Um, I'm also wondering from a little bit of perspective with looking into that video with how much did they actually kind of just, um, <clears throat> you know, kind of maybe, maybe, uh, talk down some of their colleagues. <laughs> well, there was a couple of intriguing bits They he, uh, Sammy Winnall, they said loves an L. Yeah. They said Adebayo was a dreamer and that felt like that was code for something. He's a dreamer, but mm. not. Yeah. And then, um, I think probably most interesting of all was Tom Lees. He said, 
loves LA, but not who you're thinking of. <laughs> so you're what? just thinking, who, who who should you be thinking of? Who would be? It was just an enjoyable little uh, little insight. They used the nickname Big Dave, even though they know they weren't supposed to. So that sort of made them both giggle like little schoolboys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We had a little look around to make sure Atty wasn't in earshot. <laughs> but then also, so Bannon's been fairly prolific in, in all things. Prior to the match, we also had his comments about Forestieri and maybe how hard he's training in the week. And maybe that's behind the fact he doesn't get to start many games, which is pretty forthright. Don't normally hear players talking about each other in such terms. Hmm. And then it was interesting that that happened prior to Forestieri actually starting the match today. So who knows? So those were a couple of you know bits. But the 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 other thing that happened in the week obviously was the was the game against Birmingham. Do you want to summarise your your thoughts? It was yeah. I, I don't know. It was it was just fairly kind of midweek Wednesday, really. Yeah, I thought I thought Reach in particular was was very poor. And I think the other note that I made at the time was I don't think I'd ever seen Fletcher look quite so unthreatening as he did. Like he just didn't carry any goal threat at all. Um, it was almost like he was purposefully making runs and touches that took him away from goal scoring opportunities, which was very frustrating seeing as he was really our only sort of front man, the only attacking outlet really for, for most of that match. So that was that was a bit disappointing. Uh, obviously, the result was disappointing, and the goal we gave away was was pretty tame. Uh, uh, you know, ha- handing away possession under no pressure, and then never getting the shape back, and therefore conceding is is pretty pretty dire stuff, really. Yeah, and then the kind of scramble at the end for us to try and get the winner just fell a bit too much, too little, too late, basically. But it was it was really another case of. Same old, same old. We've probably been the better team, probably had the better chances, but lo and behold, we're feeling a bit lucky to come away with the draw at the end of it. The sort of positive aspects to take away from the game, I thought that Harris... In, in the other positions he, t- he popped up in. Um, he was moved across to the right, but it also felt at times like he was he was in a free roll and he just looked looked dangerous wherever he popped up across that front line. So that was a nice thing to see and obviously got his goal, which is very good. Um, his first in a while. And then Iorfa had a tremendous game, really. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you, I, but uh, yeah, when does he not have a great game these days? It's pretty, it's pretty standard, right? <laughs> but this was like, he's getting better and better. Uh, it, he's getting more confident in that centre-back role. He's, well, um, it, 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 you just saw him, he's becoming more commanding. He feels like he's sort of more in charge of his his physical gifts um, as as the weeks go by. Just the, there was a couple of times like he, there was one point where he uh, like he was heavily involved with the, us scoring the goal and had several kind of rangy runs forward. And there was one bit where he just sort of plucked the ball out of the sky from I think a goalkeeper's kick out uh, from the op- opposition goalkeeper. So the ball had travelled, you know three two-thirds of the pitch and he just stopped it dead with one touch and then bounded forward with it it was just Mm. really a sight to behold and I I mean he seems to be going from strength to strength to the point where he's the sort of guy you'd start to worry 
people really scouts from the better teams in our division and some of the I'd say probably about half the Premier League should probably be keeping an eye on Dominic Iolfa at this point in time because what's not to like about the sort of performances that guy's putting in mm. on Tuesday on uh, Wednesday night he was very much a kind of diamond in the in in the uh, shining out from the from a pretty rough performance all told uh, but once again today he he looked fantastic. So yeah, so we came out with a, a one-one draw against Birmingham. Probably again, sort of licking our wounds and feeling we we probably deserved a little bit better. There was the heightened tension of that game because Monk came out. The relationship that that failed um, at the centre of uh, that Birmingham management team between him and Pep Clotet. That sort of meant there was no handshakes and there was lots of you know Sky were getting very excited about. Will they shake hands? Did you see them shake hands, Matt Murray? So that yeah, that 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 it, it added to the tension of what what probably would have been a tense game if Monk hadn't said anything, and almost meant that a result ended up being more a more like more likely to be a draw because neither person could uh, could afford to lose the face of of, of losing. Uh, yeah. So so if we if we sort of put the 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 week to bed, we we pull forward to to today's match. The, the build-up to today, I just took, took down a couple of notes. Um, you know, there were, Charlton announced that there was a takeover, which um, seemed to really please the 10 to 13 people that attended the match from the Charlton <laughs> side. <laughs> Did you think the attendance was that bad? I thought it looked quite good at the Valley. I thought at least the, the camera angles I kind of oh. briefly globbed on a bit of a cloud. Maybe I, I completely misguided with this one, Rich. I don't, well, I don't know how many people. Maybe I should probably check my um, check my facts. But when they were <laughs> when they were interviewing uh, Chris Powell after the uh, the end of the game, um, well, not the end of the game, sort of just you know half time and things like that. It looked pretty. It looked pretty dead. Uh, most of the rest of the ground, but but maybe the uh, maybe the chunk directly behind the camera was. Uh, yeah, there was a bit of a PR going on and uh, made to look pretty filled out. Filled out. I don't know. Oh man, BBC's not giving me the uh, the attendance really easily. That's a bit of a shame. So you wonder if maybe they got a, a whole bunch of uh, school kids in and cardboard cutouts. <laughs> I just wasn't blown away by how many. Fa- it felt like it was pretty dead, and uh, I suppose there's a lot to be said because uh, Hillsborough didn't feel great on listen. You know, watching on the. Uh, on the iFollow, a lot of people said it, it sounded sounded dead at uh, Hillsborough. So you never you never really know that you're getting the full full feel for these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, so it's just Chris Powell was talking about the good old days when he'd pack them pack them in. They'd be packed to the rafters, loving it, bouncing, making all this noise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris Powell. Yeah. Yeah, the interesting thing with the investment, I guess, so so I was watching here in uh, Canada, this was on a select game, so Sky, which the rights are given to DAZN. DAZN are a, um, they're kind of like a Netflix of sports streaming here in Canada. They've got the rights to the Premier League, um, which I don't know how much it really bloodies the nose of um, some of the big sports networks here, like Sportsnet and TSN. Um, they also have the rights to NFL. Um, the interesting thing is, I think I may mention this the previous on the podcast. So the Sky commentaries I don't get on this feed, and I just get some guy who's basically just doing his minimal hours to get. It's almost like he's trying to get a pension. Um, 
just so non-committal. <laughs> and I, I will make some further points when we get into the actual analysis. But he says, like, oh, and the, oh, the hilarious thing as well um, with the lineup is that they didn't actually show the lineup prior to my coverage. So I was learning of a lineup from looking at the player, the shot oh. of the players in the tunnel. Um, so that was interesting. Anyway, the thing I was going to say with the investment, just on your note as well, was, you know, they, they made a mild point about it, but this guy just is not getting... It felt like it was definitely part of the narrative, but he's not getting excited about it. Yeah. And, you know, did, I don't know if the camera angle was shot on, basically. So this guy who's a new owner, who's this bald, uh, bald, besuited black gentleman, and then had, like, seemingly an advisor or translator talking to him. And it's the football pitch. It seemed that way. It seemed like he was very new to. He seemed like a very seemed like a very attractive, handsome, but slightly simpleton of a man. Like I, I thought, this was someone who's supposedly going to be taking over the club and probably got some real business nows and balls and money behind him. And he just seemed very kind of. It was just a very strange shot. I don't know. He did seem very kind of unimposing from what he said. Yeah. I enjoy it, but they often just went back to the shot of, you know, this advisor talking to him. And um, <laughs> I thought it was funny, like, a bit like, well, you know, you put money into buy this club, Mr. I don't know his gentleman's <laughs> name is. But you understand that all these players are terrible, and now we've got 12 injuries, and we need to sign an entire new team. <laughs> Added in with just basically telling him the rules of the game. It just, it felt very strange. It felt yeah. a bit wet. It didn't very... Just everything about it, and that's probably also hindered and tinged by whoever Johnny Mc uh, Pension Grabber, whoever's my whoever's my commentator here on the design feed. It wasn't particularly great. Oh dear. Yeah. Well, I think he's. Um, I think maybe not a sort of businessman of any note because I think it's more of more like um, it's some more Middle Eastern dosh, some some Crown Prince or or other. Um, right. Okay. That maybe. Yeah. Suits maybe what I'm kind of very harshly just projecting onto his character um, <laughs> from that situation. He he didn't look very comfortable there, which I mean you sometimes get that with a lot of owners, right? You just it it feels like they're in a very different land, I guess. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's a it's a strange one. I mean, so there was a lot of talk on Sky about how depleted they were. Um, in terms of uh, injuries and some uh, some sickness in the in the ground, I did know in the second half that they had to bring a little boy on. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, minute sixty one, Chil- Charlton brought on a tiny boy who was trying to grow a wispy mustache. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who I'm slandering. Um, are they Vennings? Yeah, he just looked like a tiny little baby boy. But he's he's called Vennings, but he does have tiny boy on the back of his shirt, doesn't he? Really? <laughs> Wasn't it little boy? L L boy. Yeah, yeah. There we go. And boy spelled B O R because he's dropping a new mixtape on SoundCloud. Yeah, little boy. He's gone all the way to the end of November and it still barely looks like a shadow on his still terrible. Looks like a bit of soil on his upper lip. <laughs> uh, the the other things I noticed, um, so uh, they they used a statistic that we had not won away since the twenty eighth of September. Mm. Uh, 
it's the first time Fletcher, Forestieri, and Nuiu have started a game together ever. And yeah, uh, that is that is quite interesting stat actually. Yeah, and then also in the build-up, Chris Powell called us flat track bullies because we beat the rubbish teams and uh, struggle against middle <laughs> and uh, big teams. And <laughs> that's a particular joy because it was a it was a subject. It wasn't a title that we we nearly had for this podcast because we love the we just love the terminology of flat track bullies. We did talk about doing an Android um, sports. Uh, score system called Flat Track Bully as well. Yes, we did. It may still happen. Please don't steal this idea. <laughs> Coming for you, Flash Score. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So what, what? That 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 yeah. That that uh, that starting lineup. Um, very mm. positive, particularly away from home. So that's always a good and, sign. And my and my revelation of seeing the players come down the tunnel and piecing oh, together right. who was there. But the, the funny thing was, actually, I didn't recognize that Forestieri was coming out of the tunnel. I, I don't know, okay. maybe it's his new kind of haircut. Maybe just he looks a bit more just like a generic footballer rather than that kind of... Okay. Maybe that kind of Beatles mop top that maybe used to kind of sport. Yeah. yeah. Kind of short hair. I don't know. Um, but my comments were, Lee's, Dawson, all my second string favorites. <laughs> including Smallmouth Tommy and Mouth Save Cammy. <laughs> Excellent. Smallmouth Tommy. And then I saw Mr. Hutchinson as well. Um, yeah. Then finally the lineup. And then I was surprised to see. Um, I mean, this is quite a revelation, the fact that you've said that, you know, the first time that Fletcher knew you and Forestieri have all started the game together. Yeah. Um, which then gives you a very real idea, because the probably reason why it hasn't happened is because of that giant communication and narrative about Forestieri doesn't want to play in the wing. Yeah, yeah. Unless you go for a weird three. <coughs> I don't know. Like but so actually it it's yeah, it is kind of crazy and I was I was interested to see how um Forestieri would do on the wing in that kind of four four two. Well I think even when he plays on the wing, he doesn't really play on the wing, does he? <laughs> like I think wherever Forestieri plays, he ends up kind of playing all over the place. You know, whether he starts up front, he has a if he starts up front he has a tendency to drift wide. If he starts on the left yeah. he, has yeah. a tendency to drift inside, so I I, I think he kind of plays where he feels like most of the time. Um, but I I think the worst okay. thing I think we can probably say for Forestieri is when he thinks I'm a striker and if he played up front, yeah. But most of the time he just stays static in the middle. I seem yeah. to think, yeah, because most of his best work is done on the wing. Yeah, and I guess that's the interesting inside. thing. So cutting inside, but also yeah, just any work he does out there on 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 the width and. I guess the interesting thing is, you know, definitely we have a narrative about um, Nando being a very selfish player. Um, it, it's felt a long time since some of his hard work and industry on the wing, but definitely he's had a lot of times, especially in that kind of, you know, year, the earliest iteration of Forestieri at Wednesday, of doing a lot of backtracking and doing a lot of support for his fullback. Mm. I think he did. He did track back a, a fair bit. Um, I also thought Fox put just a tremendous shift in all, all over. Um, particularly first half, he was making some really good runs. And he cropped up sort of in their box a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
for, for sort of long diagonal passes. Uh, so yeah, I thought he uh, he really did a did a did a did a job of work. Uh, did 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 you Captain remember Fox. what Bannon and Fletcher were saying about uh, Morgan Fox? Oh, it was some phrase, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was some kind of very bland Cockney man kind of phrase. It's more like it or something like that. Yeah, something like that, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. Um, so just get, getting into the game, um, very early doors, uh, Atty Nuiu had a, had a goal ruled out for, for offside. Uh, rightly so, but it kind of it set a tone oh. in a little bit. Uh, but he took it, it so well. It was so well. And that was a brilliant cross from the free kick from Forestieri as well. Yeah. Lovely. Just everything was just textbook about it. Um, but they, Charlton sort of, that 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 could have stood as their, uh, their warning bell that uh, maybe they needed to uh, batten down the hatches for uh, efforts from distance. But uh, pretty short order after that, we... Uh, we then had a had a, a cross for a lovely cross. Well, Fox Morgan laid it back to Bannon. Bannon hit a first time cross in, and Fletcher scored a beautiful header uh, across the goalkeeper into the the, the far post. Um, love, just lovely stuff. It was just absolutely exquisite, wasn't it? I mean, this is we talk about the fact that Fletcher doesn't really score easy headers. Yes. So, uh, uh, as Bannon said about his uh, Scottish big big man, big man pal. <laughs> In the Sky Sports thing, he loves a header. And, he's as uh, big as that, and he loves a header. <laughs> oh, he's less big. He's less big because previously he uh, he described Bannon as he's that wee. He's <laughs> that wee. Yeah. <laughs> Which he is. He is the the wee of the uh, the Scottish contingent at Wednesday. It certainly is. And then. Um, Harris put in a good cross, which Fletcher headed back to, uh, across the the goalkeeper again, and a bit of poor mm. goalkeeper spilled it, leaving Forestieri with a tap in, which somehow he didn't even hit the target with. Uh, and as is typical of our our recent look, just over a minute after that incident happened, uh, Chan got an incredibly fluky goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I don't think Doty passed the ball to their player. I don't think I think it was a bad cross, but their player really. Uh, I, yeah, I don't think he picked him out. I think he just was flinging it in. But but he was mm. in a good position. Took sort of poked it at Tom Lee's. It came off the bottom of Tom Lee's foot and ricocheted off the inside of the post to be a goal. Um, so from being well, it was kind of going. It was kind of going towards the far corner. It ricochets off. I'm going to really JFK this one. Um, it, I it think kind it was of like the ball. inside of his left thigh. I think it was calf. I thought it was. I thought it came off the bottom of his, uh, like his instep of his shoe. But it doesn't really matter. Um, it, well, it, then it just it took complete wrong direction and exactly. then just piffed its way in off the post, basically. And yeah, the whole thing was incredibly just poor and um, and just yeah, just so unfortunate and spawny from a Charlton perspective. I I was quite surprised that Adebayo was outpaced on the wing. I think they actually there was a specific criticism of him from Powell, who um, does know his way around a bit of defending, uh, old Chris Powell, um, and he said. As a fullback, he should have dropped earlier. So I think the fact that he was never going to get the ball in the first... He sort of sold himself, basically, in the first right. instance 
shots and then couldn't recover in time. Whereas mm. if he dropped back, he would have been running sort of and had more of a chance of uh, of winning the winning the ball back. So yeah, no, it was it was it was disappointing that he didn't deal with it better. Uh, mm. Probably one of their maybe their best player, Doty. I thought he really gave Harris a, a tough time uh, that first half. He, I, I think Harris only really got got free of him once. So that tends to mean you're doing quite a good job as a fullback if you only get caught out once by Kadeem Harris. Uh, but yeah, so from uh, I, I, near total dominance, basically, for, for, uh, for 20, 20, 25 minutes, we uh, once again are in a position where we're, we're drawing a football match. Uh, so the uh, there was a decent little effort from Bannon where f- actually Fletcher played Bannon through for once and uh, just to kind of mix things up. Um, was a, and then towards the end there was there was one of those moments where Fox popped up in the box and uh, laid it back for Harris who had a pretty decent left footed shot but but well saved by the keeper. And then. Um, at half time, I just wrote down, worried about sounding like a broken record, but right now the Sheffield Wednesday LP is knackered. <laughs> uh, did you have any other sort of half time observations or did you just roll straight through to the second half? Just the fact that Hutchinson is really was vying for a yellow. He really oh. was pl- playing his heart out to, to get a booking. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I wish I was determined about most things in life that, you know, Sam Hutchinson is about picking up a booking. You know, I wonder if he has a bonus in his contract, of which maybe he gets £20. So then he's like, well, I make fiver on that. You know, after I pay off the £15 uh, yellow card fine or whatever it is for the FA. Um, it's staggering. It well, really is say, staggering. I think you peel back the onion-like layers of shell companies based in the Cayman Islands and, and elsewhere, and eventually at the heart of Hotch Yellow Card Bingo, the man who's take, he's creaming off a little bit of every transaction is is Sam Hutchinson. He he knows when the when it's going to happen because he's in charge of it. He knows the minute. He's got. You it think he's down. got one of those Superman two type things that he gets like a you know he's he's getting the rounded digits or whatever it is that's it on i these, think he's, uh, he's, that's his small great. minor commission on these big these big bets that are going on on yellow card bingo he's running the raffle and taking a taking a, a piece of every ticket sold but he's also <laughs> winning the raffle he's wow. so cheeky yes indeed um yes so hodge now well and true you know hurtling towards his second suspension of the season already <laughs> wanting to get it he's out wor- of the way around christmas time so uh he's, he's working hard for that christmas break he is exactly he? i mean liam palmer did miss miss time that completely as i think the uh, some other people have made that analogy <laughs> That he, yeah, he just completely got the timing wrong for the time off he needs for Christmas. He's on nine um, already. He's on I know, nine. I know. So another one, he's gone for two. Oh right? my goodness. 16 so, appearances and nine yellow cards is absurd. <laughs> really is. So the man's paid £135 in yellow card fines <laughs> if it is £15 pounds a time. Oh, that'll be smarting. Sorry, kids, just Satsumas for Christmas this year. Daddy loves a yellow. So, but there was a few, there was a couple of people sort of we were a bit like the walking wounded towards the end of that half because uh, Bannon had pulled up with his uh, his ankle hurting hurting him. Uh, Fletcher had 
materialised another one of his injuries that he um, mm. laugh- laughably one of the commentators says he's not the sort of guy to go down if there's not something wrong. It's like he's exactly the sort of guy he goes down <laughs> literally every game. He does. He really does. Yeah. <laughs> he's down rolling around in pain at least once per 60 minutes on the football pitch. Did you did you feel, or maybe it was a lot of my projection and my reading, did you feel that like a lot of the energy was just kind of sapped out of us after that equaliser? I mean, it was a yeah. real sub-match. Yeah. But it again, was. I'm just, the other note I was just going to say is like, you know, I'm praying for half-time again, yeah. you know. So just the opportunity to just get a bit of better direction and start with intensity and desire, you know, I'm like, or how would I like that if we did that at the start and we just kept that up for, you know, the vast majority of the 90 minutes. Yeah, we, you're right. I think it was, a, it was a real sickener and it took the team a good while to get back to it. I think we had a little flurry towards the end of the half, but that you're still talking in good, like 20 minutes or so of uh, licking our wounds and feeling sorry for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, the the third person to pick up an injury, and it was actually in the move that we scored the goal from, was Forestieri. Um, so he sort of right because there was another no I said is that he he kind of went down, but I didn't know if that was anything huge. Yeah, well he he it was one of those where there was nobody anywhere near him really, and he he sort of pivoted to get out of the way as Bannon was charging down the wing, and something clearly went in his knee, uh, and they did say second half that he'd tweaked his MCL. Uh, so wow, it did look like he jarred his knee basically. So that's that's they that's, did say jarred his knee for the coming out for the second half for the um you know the unimpassioned commentator. <laughs> who had oh, but i was thinking i was wondering at that point whether it was just going to be a i i wondered whether it was maybe just a harsh performance like substitution yeah so I, it was like at that point i genuinely thought like oh you know it's it's um sometimes one of the situations where you think that you think like you're seeing the same game as the manager but so yeah i i thought it was maybe a little bit harsh to see him gone but then as it kind of found out it was a you know, it was to it was an injury. injury. Yeah. Which I, but, I thought he was having a semi... He, he was having an okay game, as far as Jerry. Miss. Yeah. Uh, miss out. Yeah, the miss was the miss was pretty harrowing. But um, mm. I suppose... I think people were were, were praising Forestieri's impact uh, midweek and clamouring for him to get a start uh, today. Yeah. Uh, I I felt midweek it just was another one of these performances where there's kind of a buzz in the air and there's a buzz about I don't know I think there's just something inherently exciting about Forestieri with the ball at his feet but the end product is yeah it's pretty yeah. hard to find from all that and that's and and this is going into the overall arching question we have about Forestieri which is you know, if you think about it from a very simple thing, it's like it's kind of like a machine that you're feeding in. You're feeding an input to get output. You know, yeah. we're giving him a lot of money and there's a lot of goodwill and a lot of time towards Fernando Forestieri. And he the output we get from him you know, hasn't been good for a while. No, hasn't been anywhere near. So the question then becomes if you're spending 20, 25,000 a week on a player like Forestieri, and you're not getting that, you know, how much do we think it's anything mildly better than Jordan Rhodes, really? 
Yeah, I, it just it reminds me of the latter, you know, the last days of um, of JJ in some ways because there was definitely he had he had a year too long, I think JJ towards the end of his Wednesday career. But so did, um, but so did Glenn Leuvens. Yes, but they're, but they're I, so. Different. I think that's no, I know they're different. They're different players. <laughs> <laughs> and you're talking about limitations of who they are as football players and and coming into that that final stretch. But that's an age perspective. Like there shouldn't really be anything. We shouldn't at this stage, unless the injuries have nobbled him far more than we can imagine. He has come over a few injuries. I I purely mean really. He has had a lot of injuries. I would hate to think that it's it's that. Uh, but I just purely mean that the kind of the place he holds in the crowds mind and hearts right okay is not level with what he is producing on a football pitch it's a it's a sense memory but then that's the same question the same argument for a lot of our kind of latter-day strikers such as you know modern day expensive jeffers um you know jordan rhodes like we can still play the same game with that right yeah but i think jj we were we were so conditioned to you know, as we talked about this uh, this mouse in the bucket, we were so conditioned to be kind of excited by whatever it because he's JJ. Who knows what he's going to come up with? But it's probably going to be something special. Like he's probably going to charge down a wing and cut inside and hit a great shot. And in the last season, actually, he couldn't do that. He didn't seem to. I don't think he scored at all in his last season with us. And it just. It, it's that, but you're, as fans, we like to have something to get excited about. So, like, when Forestieri ke- mm. Forest comes on, we all respond, we all react, and we're excited. There's this kind of crackle in the air with Forestieri on the ball. I just think the times that that has been rewarded with an actual something that was worth the excitement are are increasingly few and far between and I, I mean i know he scored uh, a couple of incredible goals towards the end of last season mm-hmm. but that's how far back you actually have to go for the oh and, and he did he just dropped a shoulder and he did something yeah i know but also we, we kind of talk about i think the interesting nature about football is is that seasons Seasons are the same year, like the end of a season, the yeah. end of the season is the same year, it's the same calendar year, but yeah. there feels a big chasm between what happens at the end of last season and what happens at the end of next season. I'm not saying that about just every, I'm not. I'm specifically not saying that about what's happened now, that there yeah. is actually an invitation to look at that and, and say that for that reason. But actually, just in the nature of football itself, like I, I think there's often a mentality of things go well that oh you can come back and then just carry on with that, and that just yeah. doesn't always happen. No. Nope. Um, but I mean, the flip side of that is there is a positive, and maybe sometimes the you know it can work well, but you know it can sometimes be misguided. It's that confidence we all have at the front, the start of the season from all football fans. Yeah. You know, my dad has said this, and I think I may have said this previously to you or on the podcast. Um. Every football fan thinks they're going to have a good season. Yeah. Nobody thinks they're going to get relegated. Rarely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah, there's just, it's been a long time. It's been a long time from that sparkle of Forestieri, that form. But even then, I think we really saw, it was just such a magic time for the first season of Forestieri. Yeah. Because he came in, it was this fresh, bright spark. We got him for about three million, which is an absolute steal at the time for someone out of favor. He came in, you know, 
arm around the player, giving him a new time, a new lease on life. The fans took to him. And it felt like he loved it. We loved him. And it's just, it's been such a long time since that honeymoon. You know, it, it's kind of like a relationship. It's just gone exceptionally stale and cold. We could do a film, we could do a film like Blue Valentine Rich about Forestieri. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this, is, this is a real broken relationship. And yeah. now it's just, he's, you know, there was a lot of industry but there wasn't like I was just it's kind of making the comment like kind of I'll maybe just bypass this from my rating because this is all we saw of Fernando Forestieri today. So this is kind of his his part. This is yeah. you know the the cab fare is finished for this ride. Um, <laughs> but just if you could imagine him just playing with a smile on his face, he just yeah. doesn't look like he wants to be there. And we and right now we don't want him to be there because we've missed we've missed the joy of um, we've missed those big bids. Yeah, you know, from the time Fulham supposedly putting in a bid around or north of ten million pounds, whatever it was, or how much I'm not entirely sure. But it just that never materialized. We've missed the boat for selling a player in his prime, and now we have somebody we felt like was our biggest asset and paying a big bumper contract, and obviously having that history. You know, that was, you know, that was my second to last trip back to the UK was seeing that game with you, which was the first game after the playoff final, the home game against Villa televised Villa from their relegation. Uh, Forestieri scored. And then the yeah. next week he didn't travel to Norwich because we don't know. We don't know the reason. We think we have a pretty good idea of a reason. Yeah. Um, he is refuted that it isn't contract related. But seemingly was contract related. Since then, we've had a series of big suspensions. We've had racist language, the in and out with the FA. We've had him booked. We've had him sent off for diving. We've had big injuries. We've had the fallout and fight with Sam Winnall. It's yeah. it's been a very difficult relationship. It certainly has. Yeah, I just think it's it's just I think more than anything, it's just academically an interesting thing to just. It, it, it's like um, almost a Pavlovian response, but it, it does. It, it's increasingly disconnected from reality. The excitement of because uh, yeah, just as I say, I think midweek and today just felt like more of the same. That we we want to get excited, we are excited, but nothing much really happens. Yeah. Uh, so, long and short of it was, at halftime, uh, <laughs> Jacob Murphy replaced uh, Fernando Forestieri. Um, and we looked, I think it made us look a, quite a lot more balanced as a team. I think we looked, it, we were able to attack down both flanks in a way that just didn't happen. And Murphy's early crosses from the right-hand side were were pretty effective as well, I would say. Uh, didn't We didn't get any goals out of them, but it, it, it was a danger pretty much constantly when he had the ball. Do you find it interesting that with Jacob Murphy, like in recent performances, you know, he's, he's been of a decent quality. And it, it feels kind of like saying previously with Forestieri when he's out of song and when some, he's had misgivings to his game, now with Jacob Murphy, it feels like a luxury we can afford. It feels like he, he's doing the good stuff and there's no great downside to him. Yeah, I just, he seems to have, whether it was a kind of coaching thing or something that's come from himself, uh, he, he just seems to be putting a lot more effort in overall. Um, I, th I think I suspect a bit of it is a bit more confidence and the fact he's been favoured by the coaching staff over overreach several times mm. will be a boost to his 
his ego and uh, probably feed into the way he plays. Uh, but yeah, he just seems to have, he's, he's having a good run with us and it's it's nice to see. And uh, it, I mean, we, we were almost at the point of saying, you know, we just would rather not see him on the team sheet or yeah. because he wasn't giving enough. And he he's had a massive turnaround since that Blackburn game, personally, as he, he's having a, a, a pretty good run of things. And I, th- I do think he continued that today. Um, Bannon had a pretty good shot early doors. We just seemed mm. to, for the first again, again we were right on t- right on it again, coming out from the start of the second half, and probably had sort of fifteen minutes or so of just constant pressure and mm. chances. Not all of them brilliant, but Bannon's delivery was pretty good and consistent, and Harris. Was able to get some more joy when he when he switched flanks as well. Yeah, yeah. Did you think at the forty nine minute mark? I I really want to say that I thought that Harris being fouled was a penalty all day long. It was a penalty all day long. I can't believe the commentators watched it back and were like, "Nah, there's not much there." He's cleaned him out, rugby yeah. tackle style. Yeah, exactly. Got nowhere exactly. near the ball. Prattley just just well, he's always lived up to his name. Hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Some real nominative determinism there. Isn't uh, it? Just how he old was is Darren these, Prattley? Uh, he's another one of these that just followed the ref around, tugging on his jacket. <laughs> miss, miss, ridiculous. Um, I thought uh, Oshilaja looked really good for them. He really stood out, sort of shielding the defence, and uh, he made life difficult for Atty and uh, Fletch you know, with the long balls coming forward. I thought he, he looked good for them, but he pretty much was the only one, to be honest. I don't think anybody else really stood out. Um, the the next note there is that the tiny boy with the wispy moustache came on. Mm. <laughs> Little boy. Harris, Harris forced a, a good save from the goalie. And then at 77th minute, it, again, it was feeling like, oh my goodness, is this going to happen again? Where we just, we create chance after chance and we just don't make anything happen and mm. the game dwindles away. Luongo came yeah. off. Jensen well, even seven. with um, the 65th minute, Harris had a nice shot as well. Yeah. Which was on the angle, which was palmed away, which um, kind of felt kind of telling to that point. Aside from... It was a really point, good shot, wasn't it? It, it was, was um, yeah. but it, it kind of felt like we're still lacking that kind of, you know, killer, killer instinct, that killer instinct, that knack. It's it's, it's a bit um, as much as I think we've kind of praised Jacob Murphy. I think he is a little bit. I think he kind of sums up that we've got some very proficient, very skilled, very quick, um, dangerous looking players. But they're just lacking a bit of teeth. And yes. that's that's kind of been the nature for Wednesday, like this season, and, and probably quite a far back. I don't really think about how far back I can go, but we're not very yeah, we're not we're not we need a lot of shots to score most of the time, right? Massive amount. That's it. Today we had eighteen shots to their eight. Yeah. Yeah, and if it wasn't um, for a ninety-third minute goal, we would have scraped by by a scraped victory by a, a single goal. It's was that uh, how long it got to when we got to the penalty. Uh, so the, the, we scored in, right? Yeah, we scored. Yeah, we scored in the eightieth minute. So seventy-ninth minute was was Murphy sort of pushed into the box um, against Ostuma, who is kind of their attacking midfielder. So I don't know how he ended up one on one with the, the with the with a winger. But presumably uh Doty, who everybody was milking themselves over, was uh was caught upfield. Um and um 
and from my perspective, from where I was watching, it took a long time to register that it was a penalty. Um, so the ref you took know, a while to to think about. It. He really thought about it, and they they said that the gap must have meant that he'd got communication from the linesman. So I yeah. take it wasn't convinced on his own. Which I I kind of thought. Which I I, I wondered whether um, it was thanks to. I was wondering whether it was actually like a makeup, but, but then the interesting thing was we didn't have. If it would have been the first half that the Harris penalty shout would have happened, yeah, maybe it could have been countered with an actual. I'll oh, give him a penalty because I I balls up with the previous one because he did balls up with that previous. He one. He did. The oh, first well. one was a penalty all day long. The second one, hilariously, was soft. I thought it was a. I thought that was a penalty all day long as well. I thought he sold himself, got nowhere near mm. it. Murphy's made the best of the contact. The only Murphy, I... made... <laughs> Murphy uh, had a nice little. He had a nice little snack on that one. I'll tell you that. <laughs> had a good chew on it. Yeah. But then, then I was. So I. He's I had a nice, uh, nice, healthy visit to the buffet on that one, Rich. Really did. Um, it felt a lot like Kieran Lee won that penalty for us last week, and it felt like much the same. Yeah. Um, but then. Uh, the thing I was going to say was I didn't realize that there was a gap. So nothing was communicated because I didn't hear a whistle. Right. And I didn't know if I were to hear a whistle on the commentary because the sound isn't very good because it's the championship. Who wants to spend the big bucks that we're doing, you know, for the Premier League coverage where, <laughs> where we can go to the studio and, uh, you know, Michael Owen can tell us about his horses. Oh, uh, and on the Premier League coverage, Rich, um, it was um, whoever the presenter is on this uh, DAZN match day live, uh, yeah. Michael Owen and Glenn Hoddle. And Glenn Hoddle made a, a reference about horses to like really pander to Michael Owen. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh dear. You'll not bear this, Michael. You'll not. <laughs> Should we be friends after? <laughs> I've looked in my crystal ball. Well, to be friends. Um, all right. I don't know whether it was just like it gets said again. This commentator had a no enthusiasm clause in his contract. Yeah. Um, so it was just the limpest like thing ever to just think, oh, we have a penalty. It, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It was so strange. It was so, well, so strange. Much like the Lee penalty. Yeah. I mean, that felt a little bit underwhelming. And then once so again, I'm in a situation where I'm. Uh, I think after this, I really want to give my narrative uh, things that I was writing because I, I felt like it was going to be one of those games for so long, and that was my mentality of this game until it changed with this penalty. And um, much like the one I watched last week, you know, I don't have the biggest amount of confidence in Fletcher or any no. penalty taker at Wednesday. That's not to discriminate against Fletcher. It's just a very <laughs> Wednesday opportunities. Lack of faith. Though. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like, you know, if I was your boss and you came to me saying, I think you hate me, and I'd be like, no, I hate everybody. <laughs> I think Not everybody's everybody used to here. Everybody in the entire world. <laughs> <laughs> and myself. Um, Global yeah. warming is a punishment from God. We, we deserve to die. <laughs> As a species. <laughs> it's been a good run. Um, <laughs> We've had a good run. <laughs> I mean, we we created cheese on toast, right? Uh, oh, sorry, yeah. we created we created the cheese toasty. It's been good. <laughs> Did you know? I recently found out that the Kiwis, the New Zealand people, um, they have a cuisine called toasty pie, um, which right. is basically um, if you've ever like put um, tinned Heinz spaghetti into a toasted sandwich. Okay, that's toasty that's, pie. That's their big claim to fame, and also. 
Um, they like a sausage sizzler, sizzle, I think it's called, which is basically like a sausage on a slice of white bread. And it is the most, <laughs> it is, it is the most horrifically northern thing that's even worse than some of the cuisine. Like, I think it's really unfair. I go to other places in the world. I live in Canada and people just routinely tell me after things like, I like your accent, blah, 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 blah. The English cuisine shit, isn't it? I'm like, <laughs> well, I don't know. I, it's well, kind of terrible. It's kind of fun and round, but that is, that is fucking awful. <laughs> I was watching a Stephen Colbert where he was having one with um, one of the flight, the Concord, Concords and Lucy Lawless. Okay. And they're like, just proud as punch of that shit sausage and a slice of Wonder Bread. It's garbage. <laughs> Absolute garbage, Rich. Anyway, why did I bring this up? Um, Fletcher. Fletcher taking a penalty. Underwhelming. Yes, of course. Yeah. Of course. Of which which um, he dispatched it, like, lovingly. Um, I love how he gave a little look to the corner and just absolutely sold the keeper and then just stroked it home just so beautifully. It was a really, really... I mean, to have two exceptionally classy finishes from Stephen Fletcher in a game is... I think we need to get the man a bottle of champagne and he can... Uh... These, are, these are the best of times, aren't they, really? They in really the are. They really, but really are. Did you pick up the needle with the goalkeeper? So the goalkeeper was like uh, trash-talking uh, Fletcher, walking alongside him as he walked to the referee to get the ball and walked back to the penalty spot. The keeper was in his ear the whole time. And then he was like yelling stuff on the goal line and like doing pull-ups on the bar and stuff. So... <laughs> That is why Fletcher got in his face after he scored. Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I completely missed the whole thing. I want to go back and watch that again, I'll be honest. Because um, he got a yellow, yeah, so, didn't he, the keeper? What's that, sorry? The uh, Phillips, the Charlton keeper, yes. got a yellow? He did, yeah, because he was, then he was, again, he was telling teacher about the big boy shouted in my face, and I think the ref was like, <laughs> you, just, you were just being a prick. You just, like, it's he's got a right to, to go, you know, equal, yeah. you know. Equal response. Did, he, did the referee say to him, "You're an addict, not a dick"? <laughs> I hope Sorry. he did. Have to reel that one out. I think he was too too muscly to uh to have, to come up with a funny line like that. You can't, you know. God gives things in little baskets. You don't get a you don't get a, you don't get a full full compliment of everything. Um, <laughs> I'm really evoking a lot of God this evening. I'm sorry about that. Um, so, what did you think of the um? Just as a completely left field um, <laughs> point before we kind of proceed, as is the nature on different gravy, um, Cameron Dawson's baseball cap, you know, brings Oops. a Wednesday baseball cap as per usual. Um, yeah. I want to ask a question. Has a keeper ever gone to an away game without a baseball cap and then he's had to buy like an opposing team's baseball cap to wear? Oh, I bet it's happened and I would like to see the evidence. It'd be That'd be fun. I mean, I'm not a professional goalkeeper, so I'd naturally not think like, you know, Here's my gloves and my boots that I'm putting in my kit and my, you know, my expensive, uh, lovely wash bag that I'm going to take to to the game with me. I wouldn't think of bringing a baseball cap unless it comes under. Is that a kit man thing? I would guess a kit man thing nowadays. Do you think that's like a real percentage that makes that elevates a good kit man to a great kit man? He never forgets a baseball cap. Does this kit man baseball cap for the keeper? Yeah. <laughs> on uh, on kit man. That's Bit one of, of the special skills. <laughs> and Chris Kirk- Chris Kirkland would give him an endorsement for uh, bringing a baseball cap. <laughs> um, 
It, it did. That does remind me the, the the getting the thing from the club shop. Was it Bolton or Millwall who turned up and we they had to wear our away kit? That was Millwall, I think. Yeah, Millwall, until the yeah. second half where they changed yes, it. Yes, right? changed it set at half time. Yeah, that was really odd. Mm. <laughs> it was like watching the reserves or watching a training session. Um, so in the aftermath of the goal, we brought Reach on for Harris. Uh, we then started to have our usual uh, <laughs> breakdown, uh, precipitated by Tom Lee's in the 83rd minute, playing a blind pass back to Cameron Dawson from the halfway line, uh, which... <laughs> <laughs> oh. which if, uh, now, this is not... Uh, I think it's hard to compare the two, but almost certainly Westwood would have been too far back to have dealt with it as quickly as Dawson did. Dawson was 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 on his penalty spot and therefore able to charge out and clear it and make sure nothing came of it. But it, I mean, essentially, Tom Lee's played a through ball for their striker. Mm. <laughs> with no... Like, he can't have looked and thought that was a good idea. It just must have been a pure panic move. Uh, but then, yeah, so we, we increasingly sort of felt like we were getting pushed back. It's the 87th, 88th minute. Uh, Oshilaja had a decent effort around that time. Uh, but then I think, actually, we, we started to t- carry the ball forward, hold possession in their half, which is a much uh, <laughs> much easier way to wind down the clock than mm. getting closer and closer to your goalkeeper's toes. Um, so Reach and Barry Bannon had a lovely sort of one-two. Uh, Reach pushed to the byline, chipped a little cross up, and knew you smashed it home. Oh, it was such a good cross from such Reach. Such a relief. Such a relief. And... I know, I know. I was just, um, I guess my, uh, yeah, I didn't really know much of what Nuyu did in that game prior to that. I mean, he was he was on the pitch, definitely. It's anyone, not a good anyone who's him and Fletcher, it's not a good combination. No, anyone who saw that game could attest it's uh, that Nuyu was on the pitch. He's hard to miss. He's a big chap. He's a big chap indeed. Um, but yeah, to just such a beautiful cross from Adam Reach. It was an absolute peach. It was great. Lovely. Yeah. Just kind of curving the right height, the right pace, completely in the right area. Knew you was just a mart. And knew you just met it so well. He did. It was, I really felt like some of that Fletcher class must have rubbed off onto knew you, you know, just for a series of osmosis or maybe a glance. They, they just had a little, gave a little glance to each other. And that just, uh, <laughs> Fletcher yeah. was like, Oh, big Dave, you're good, or something, <laughs> something like that. And then it just—it was lovely. It was so beautiful. Yeah, I do. And that was it. It was just a game which we just thought, oh, oh no, this again to two-one to be like, oh no, I've got ten, fifteen minutes of just watching Wednesday just screw this up. To yeah. then just have the gloss, you know, to just have that deflation of release of stress, just with such a lovely header. And then we scored three away from goal and we took three points. It's insane. Oh, what a treat. Uh, what, I, I mean, yeah, I do think the overwhelming, the over, you know, that that, that wash of relief at the, at the Atty New Year goal, which meant we were going to win. I mean, it was, it was basically the last kick of the game, wasn't it? The final whistle oh. was pretty much after that, yeah. Yeah, what uh, few is 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 one of the overarching feelings. We've actually got a win over the line. Mm. Um, I'm sure the team are feeling the same way. 
we shouldn't have conceded today. That's that's the only sort of flying. Yeah, and grossly, grossly harsh that we did. It was completely undeserved. Like I, I felt the. So here's the thing. I would say I felt the play was even mm. for for the first half and for most of it. I thought we were the better side. I think we edged it in terms of quality. Um, but for that definite first half, I thought it was pretty even. But just for that little bit of quality, we actually showed we should have <clears> taken. You know, should have taken the win in the first half effectively. Taken, you know, still had yeah. the lead intact to just concede such a shoddy, spawny goal was just heartbreaking. I was. Yeah, you know, as upset as I was about conceding and maybe some of the questions a little bit over Adubaja's role, um, I felt for Lee's, I felt for Dawson. Yeah, yeah. You know, I felt, I felt for the rest of the defense really. Um, oh, it was desperately unlucky, and as you say, completely against the run of play. I think possession was pretty much down the line. I think it was fifty-fifty, but it was very much. It was, it was very much. But, we had a spell. They had a spell. It wasn't too Charles bad a game of football spell. for the for the like uh, for the external viewer, I guess. Yeah, but yeah. Charlton had their spell sort of just over the halfway line, and we ha- we were having our spells in their box essentially. I think that Sky have a statistic of how many touches in the box, and we were we were something like forty touches to their three <laughs> or five. Like we were constantly on them. <laughs> like when we have the ball, we are very effective. <laughs> Sorry. Do they also have a stat for how many times they touch themselves in the box? God. <laughs> they like themselves, don't they? You know. Oh, dear. <laughs> how much how much did Keith Andrews like himself today? You know, things like that. Who <laughs> was on the um who was on the punditry in the commentary today from the Sky Food? Well that it was it was Chris Powell uh pitch side with uh with Minto. Uh so Scott <laughs> <Got> Minto <laughs> Oh no. Uh oh, so no. half time half time Chris Powell was oh he was like a little he was, he had a big cheesy grin on his face, he was loving life. Uh, when they cut to him at the end of the game, somebody had well and truly pissed on his chips, and that somebody was Atty Nuiu. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh, he was pig sick that his beloved Charlton. Uh, hilarious, hilarious. Uh, didn't really turn up for the I second. I find half. it hilarious that now I'm in a position that, like, I, I kind of want, I kind of miss the Sky commentary, Rich. <laughs> I miss these characters and the narrative and like what yeah. so even though it's just complete bullshit. It's yes. just complete <laughs> BS. It's just going to get me irate. And uh, but I just I feel sh- I you know I feel sad that I couldn't be there with you you know in person and in spirit <laughs> to, to share some of these ridiculous and, and to just have the joy when you know you get the feeling that there's not a particularly Wednesday centric feed kind of yes. in the media and these coverage of these games to so just absolutely just rub their face in it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it is. It's such a treat. Just rub their cockney mugs in the piss chips, you know. <laughs> beautiful, 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 beautiful. Oh, dear. Um, yeah, so I, mean, I suppose we should go on to, um, to, to some player ratings. Mm. Um, just a couple of little things. Uh, I mean, maybe these are better at, at the end of the game, but just sort of looking, I'm just looking at some of the stats for the season. So uh, shots per game, Wednesday are second in the league for shots per game at, at 13.9. So only Leeds take more shots per game than us. Uh, just to feed into this thing that we seem to take a lot of chances to score. Uh, but the other interesting thing is looking at their 
best 11 for the season to date. Stephen Fletcher's up front with Alexander Mitrovic. Wow. He's having I a mean, good season, isn't he? I mean, we're, we're about... We're about Sorry. a halfway mark now, is that right, in terms of games? We're about 18, 19 games deep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 19 games. In. And he scored eight goals. Yeah. I mean, we'd kind of expect him to be around this stage in, like, March, you know? Yeah, yeah. This is... Uh, it, it, if he stays fit and and keeps scoring at this kind of lick, then it's probably looking like his best goal scoring season to, in his whole career, which is incredible 15. at twenty two years of age. I know at least fifteen, sixteen, seventeen goals possibly. Yeah. Well, his fingers crossed. <laughs> I do. I was going to say sorry that the uh, and again this probably could wait. Just jumping the gun on all these things, but um, I, I think Nui and Fletcher doesn't particularly work brilliantly well as a partnership although you know partnerships grow over time but what it, i think what it does is we see more of stephen fletcher as a striker mm. it, it means he doesn't need to work quite so hard on all the other stuff um and he's more likely to be in positions to get the goal like the first goal so maybe that's a benefit of it that's a little bit you little you bit felt the other week that knew you and fletcher were were it was clicking the other week though that was correct was that last week we talked about that well i think again second half i thought they were better than the first half for the same reason what tends to happen is fletcher plays target man still and then you've mm. got Atty Nui, who is a completely useless striker because for for all the criticism we have of um of fletcher as a as a a clinical finisher Ati Nuyu is much much worse at that side of the game and in addition to that uh he's he's a lot less mobile so he doesn't get yeah. in position to get the chances very often and doesn't isn't very good at taking them which seems to be the criticism of the 4-3-3 and now stretching into this 4-4-2 with Nuyu is that Fletcher is an isolated man he's a man who plays a game on his own yeah Mm. it's tricky it, there's there's not an easy solution but i i just i do see I, as i say i i see that we get more from there's more threat from fletcher with atty Nui as a partner because mm. atty can go and win the headers which means fletcher can get in the box a bit more often whereas fletcher on his own is having to do both those jobs uh and i think he does an okay job of it most of the time but he can easily get bogged down in in the busy work and not get involved in do you, the do you find it interesting because i mean we've new you's been he's been okay he's been all right you know um find it very interesting that we've got i don't i don't like counting forestieri as a striker in the equation i don't like thinking that he's number five or okay. one of the five so i'm really going to look at two from four with winnall and Rhodes. Do you find it interesting that basically we've got two very, very, very similar players? Or not very similar players, but I think just in kind of views of roles as strikers, of powerhouse, target men. They're, they're, they're similar archetypes, aren't they? Yes, very much so. They have a similar personality type, I guess, yeah. um, in that regards. But then, you know, we're not seemingly liking Winnall. No. Um, Rose is completely, hasn't even had a chance to, oh, he has had a chance, I should say, but he's not taken the chance to impress with a new manager i just don't think he's got anything left to be to be honest i've, I've stopped expecting i know anything, I, know, but, um, I know i know but like to just think that like winnall seems to now be completely sidelined there have been games when he hasn't even been in a 16 yeah. and the thing that was frustrating for me today was um luckily <laughs> touch wood 
Whatever that's wooden around me. Um, it all worked out. It yes. all worked out. But at times I was thinking, I'm like, I don't know if we really need to. You know, I think Harris does get a bit. We ask a lot of Harris. Harris does very well. Yeah. Uh, you don't really want to sh- lose Bannon when you're trying to win a game. Uh, we'd already got rid of Forestieri for Murphy. The only other thing went through the middle was then, you know, Hutch for Longo, which happened, which I thought was a good substitution. But then in an attacking sense, I'm like, I'd kind of like someone new to come on just to freshen things up up front. And I don't know if we even had, did we even have anyone on the bench in that regard? Like Winnell and Lee were both on the bench. Winnell was on the bench. Yeah, Winnell was on the bench. Okay, but I just, I don't feel that we ever really see that opportunity to bring in. I just don't... (sighs) But that would need to be a scenario where it's worthwhile to bring him on. I just don't think what what I don't think he would have added anything today. Yeah, yeah, he's not good enough. That, that's the that, frankly that is why Rhodes and Winnell are not playing. There's no grand conspiracy or brilliant tactical nous to it. it. They neither of them are good enough. There will be moments where I think yeah. Winnell offers something because he's got a bit of pace. So if we, I think probably Winnell's place is we're winning a game. If we were three one up and there was. 15 minutes left and somebody's looking tired then you maybe put win all up top because he he can sort of keep them honest at the back with mm. a bit of bit of pace on the break but i just don't i wouldn't trust him in a busy midfield or or defense uh, against a defense that we're trying to break down i don't think yeah. he's got quality to do it so and he's not a threat in the same way that Nuyu or Fletcher are in the air. We've got good quality coming into the box because if you've got Harris, Bannon and Murphy on the pitch, those are three players that can put in a decent cross for you. And the two players that I would prefer to have on the end of those crosses are Atty Nuyu and Stephen Fletcher. Sure. Um, but then I, I guess the mentality for me still feels that, I mean, I'm glad you brought up in that, that perspective, but it really does feel like basically Monk is kind of saying in a very crude way, we have a lot more quality in midfield than we do up front. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Heaps more. Because it's like we have so many players in those positions like the wing. You think of like Murphy. You think of Reach. Um, you can have a, like a rotating system if we ever even had a situation where, I don't know, for whatever happened, maybe a lack of form or maybe like, you know, a bit of exhaustion that maybe, you know, Harris was on the bench. But, you know, even Forestieri to a certain degree, you know, we've got, you know, Luongo, we've got players who can cause a bit of damage in from, mid, from midfield. Not like huge goal scorers. No. But you've probably got more faith in them to, to create a positive change in the game than, yeah, you know, definitely. yeah, than basically win all of Rhodes. But it's just depressing then because we've just got, like like I said, we've got, we're playing two of the, like our most competent strikers. And I'm still a little bit concerned that what happens if one of them breaks down? Yeah. Well, the uh, worst of the worst would, uh, Fletcher is really, I mean, yeah. losing New Year would be, that would be a pain. We'd, we'd notice it, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. But we are, we are very, very reliant on Stephen Fletcher. Yeah. We ask a lot of him. <laughs> and by and large, this season, he's doing all that and more, thankfully. But there, there will be games. I mean, he, he was driving me insane against uh, Birmingham midweek because uh, he just was not doing anything threatening to their goal at all. And there was one point early doors uh, where Kieran Lee, there was a good cross in, a sort of low cross across the six-yard box. Kieran Lee did a step over, which effectively gave Fletcher a, a, a basically an open goal to hit, aim for 
and he looked completely surprised and it bounced off his shin tamely to the the penalty spot behind him and uh, just like that is so infuriating from what is supposed to be your striker and there there will be those those loads of those moments because he's not he's not a poacher by any stretch and he's not a deadly finisher but with the quality in midfield, I think we can keep creating enough chances that, you know, the fact he's picking up so many goals this season, I mean, he might well have 10 goals before Christmas, which is pretty staggering for a guy that does not score many ever. And that is because Kadeem Harris is providing so much quality. Barry Bannon's providing good set pieces and Murphy when he's playing or, or Reach when they're playing are chipping in as well. But a big, a big part of it, Harris is just such a tremendous outlet. Taking his fullback all the way to the line and then chipping those little balls into the box. It's just mm. bread and butter for Fletcher. Mm. And he'll miss three sitters before he scores the fourth weird one. But it's almost like if we can keep making those four or five chances in a game for him, one of them will go in, even if it sort of bounces off his backside and goes in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I do remember Brunt would put in crosses where it was literally like, just stand still and I'll bounce it off your face into the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Just aim your moon-shaped head <laughs> vaguely towards the, the net, and I'll do the rest. Just rotate your giant satellite dish uh, head in this direction. Yeah. This head's getting bigger and bigger, isn't it? Like, uh, they, um, I married an axe murderer. <laughs> Oh, Should we right. try and rifle through these player ratings? I feel we've talked a lot about the players already, so we can probably quickly yeah. get through this. Let's do um, some rifle. Mr. Dawson. Dawson. Not much to do. For no, I'm, I'm, glad he, I'm glad he kept his place after midweek. Um, interesting you saw that there's no Westwood at all. Yeah. I mean, I know there's talk of an injury, but I wondered whether it was... It was a face-saving injury. <laughs> it was a what? A face-saving injury. Face-saving injury. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we saw Jones... Uh, third, third, fourth keeper, Paul Jones, I think it is. Yeah, the bench. Um, I didn't, yeah, I, I was similar to you. I didn't know whether it was like you can't fire me because I quit, kind of uh, type um, <laughs> injury. <laughs> you can't drop me actually because I'm injured. Actually, so. <laughs> <laughs> So I was going to go 6.5. I thought he was okay. Didn't have much yeah. to do. I'm, I'm glad he was there. He didn't do much wrong. And uh, he did do particularly well in that moment where Tom Lees did his bit of um, negative playmaking. He negative did, uh, playmaking, yeah. He did a nice job to uh, <laughs> to make sure that didn't amount to anything, thankfully. Uh, congratulations to Mild Save Cami for the um, for the game. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm happy for him. I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad it's... I'm glad he's going okay. I'm, it really would fucking break my heart if he if he comes in and just does an absolute massive clangor, you know, to know. just have the opportunity. But he's he's been fair. He's been decent so far this season. You know, I he think... hasn't been he hasn't embarrassed himself. No, there's been we've conceded two goals, but that's that was par for the course before, and neither of them have been the fault of the goalkeeper, which was not par for course before. So I think. Yeah. So far, so good for Cam Dawson taking over. Um, Yeah, six and a half sounds good to me. I think that works. Uh, And uh, number two, he's a dreamer. It's Moses Adebajo. He's in his basket, Moses Adebajo. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. He looks a bit out of sorts today. It wasn't his best game. He wasn't terrible. I think... I just think I'm a bit damning of that goal. 
really. I think he was the... Yeah, he should have done better from the goal. And that was yeah. the only chance they had in the game. So he's he's got to be harsh marked for it, hasn't it? I think I think that's fair enough. Um, Outside of that, I said his, he had a shot in the second that was, um, and I've written it here. Uh, <laughs> let's see if I can pronounce this correctly. Bad. <laughs> I went with four A's, so hopefully it was I'll amazing. It was one of those that's like, how did you? Really how did you? Generate I mean, we don't such a terrible we don't, angle. <laughs> we don't sign him for such a thing. And then I think he ran one out of play as well. That the byline as well. Um, he did. He did. He, he step. He did. He tried to do a step over, but kicked it forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, and couldn't catch up with it. Yeah. Like maybe went for a five point five. Do you think that's harsh? Do you think it's more of a six? I'd, I'd go for a six, but you can stick yeah. it. Five, that's fine. I think I'll join you on a six. Okay. We won three one. I don't think I can really damn anybody in this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I to be honest, I um I both games. I think I've been quite pleased with how willing he is to get forward, and I think that's a big help to his winger. He's also quick and fit enough that when mm. he comes forward, he can get back again. So both those things are good. You might say that's kind of like a bare minimum for a win- uh, for a, a fullback, and, and maybe that would be a correct thing to say, but it, it wasn't something that was immediately apparent in his first couple of appearances for us. So uh, mm. I, I think quite, you know, quietly doing okay, but not brilliantly, is uh, is where I'd put Odebajo at the moment. Uh, then we've got Big mm. Dom. Big Dom. Uh, I said I'm going to go for an eight. I'm going for an eight for Iolfo. Iolfo was fantastic. He was so good. Just there's so many moments of just like, yep, I've had enough. I'm going to try and win it for us guys. Yeah. You know, just cavorted <laughs> up. Just I'm not having this at all. I just I want another Iolfo. Really, I, I just we talk about cloning players. I want yeah. one for the middle of the park. I really want one. Yeah. Alongside Bannon, because I just think if you just gave him full reign to pay a bit that Kieran Lee. Thing. It could just be really, really good and really, yeah. You just have a hard man who's just, you know, just got that touch of class about him and just wants to pick things up and make things happen in the middle of the park. I mean, worst comes to worst, we've got one at centre back who's just making these big marauding runs. Yes, exactly. He's just coming a, a little bit further as long as somebody can cover in for him. But yeah, it's just so good. At one point, the the commentators said a couple of times Charlton have tried playing a ball in behind Dominic Iorfa and. Uh, I don't know why they're bothering to do that because <laughs> nobody is going to beat him in a race. Yeah, I know. Because yeah, so good, so good, so good. I, the the most joyous thing. Uh, one of these days, he's going to be fully. Yeah, fully fed up, and at the end of one of his marauding charges forward, he's just going to beam one in as well, and we're all going to go nuts. Yeah. It's going to happen. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and maybe that'll be our little Christmas present. Maybe like sort of around Boxing Day, he's gonna he's gonna run sixty yards forward and just bang one home. Beautiful stuff. I love I love Big Dom at centre back. Someone, oh. I just I also want that to happen. Him just to run out, and someone will just throw him a Santa a blue and white Santa hat. I'll <laughs> just put it on. Oh, oh. There you go. And, and all of our Christmases will be made. Maybe with a, maybe with a little beard that can just give a little kind of uh, modest, <laughs> modest little stroke as well. Like, you know. uh, beautiful, beautiful, lovely man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom Lees? went for a six point five. Yeah, I, I, I listened to the after post match interview with Monk and uh, whoever the journalist was, where was Giddings really enjoyed Tom Lees today. And I'm like, oh, I don't know, he was okay. I yeah, I think this suits him. Um, I think one of the reasons, uh, again, a weirdly like, uh, you know how Fletcher and Nui, you'd think 
you know, you look at the two of them and you look at what they do well and you think, okay, we'll play Fletcher and Nuiu up top. And the expectation would be that Nuiu, as the taller, less mobile guy, will naturally be the target man to Fletcher's striker. That's mm-hmm. You feel that's the way the partnership works. And that's the same with Tom Lees and Leuven's were the same way in that, you'd naturally think, oh, Leuven's is the old stager, so what he'll do is provide the calm head and Tom Lees will be the guy that kind of charges around and tries to sort of... They're the more active of the two in the defence. But actually, when they work together best, Leuven's was the guy that went up for the headers and Lees was the guy that swept up and was the calm, calming influence alongside. And I think he's naturally dropping into that role with Iorfa. So I offer is all action, and if anything drops, Tom Lees is the guy that just sweeps it all up quietly behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, it is quite an enjoyable thing to watch. Uh, there was a couple of slips uh, in that, but but by and large, he, he did a really nice, tidy job of it. Uh, so I think I think maybe six and a half is is a bit harsh, considering again that what bar one freak incident, we should have had a clean sheet today. Yeah. Maybe you, if you're being very, very critical, you could say maybe Tom Lee should have done better in that bit of defending. But he did the, what you're supposed to do and made himself big. Um, if he kept his feet on the ground, he may well have just bounced the ball out rather than towards our goal. But that is, I mean, really, we are we're picking very, you know, very, uh, in very fine details that happen in, in, a, in a blink of an eye. So I, I'd probably go seven for, for Lees, but I, I do, uh, I do understand this, uh, the six and a half. Um, Captain Fox Morgan. I think I've been fairly harsh with him. I was going to say 6.5, but I think maybe it's more of a seven. I also, a point I want to make from earlier was, um, um, booze for Morgan Fox from the Charlton fans. Um, as I said in my comments here, how about the 750k we gave you for him? You ungrateful no mark cockney swines. <laughs> They're just spurned lovers. They know what they lost. I don't understand though, because I think he was. I, well, I thought the whole thing with uh, Morgan Fox was he wasn't particularly liked at Charlton. Oh, I think he, he was a player who came through who looked like he had some promise, and I think that was a bit of a thing. And then I think he kind of stalled and got a bit stale. You know, maybe a bit similar to some of the you know defensive uh, academy graduates that we've had in recent years, such as like Mark Beavers, yes, and you know Tommy Spur to a certain degree as well. So I was just I was really surprised by that. I was like, really, seriously, he used to play from you, but like you guys got like a decent fee for him, and I don't know. Yeah, but then Charlton fans, <sighs> despite the fact I did I I did manage to find the attendance, but I'm going to stick with the uh, the line. Uh, just full disclosure, there were 18,000 people at the ground. But the those 10 to 13 Charlton fans that were there, they think they, they're a Premier League club. They, when they say get back to where we belong, they mean the Premier League because they were in the Premier League for that bit. I don't think the rest of the world thinks Charlton. No, but this is this is I, and plenty of and plenty of fans can speak that about us because there's people of different eras. The the one that I remember thinking was really hilarious, which probably speaks to my age, was Do you remember when Stoke got up to the Premier League under Poulos? Yes, I do. Yeah, and I think the BBC were like, "Oh, it's thirty years of hurts or something like this," and I'm like, "Yeah, how do you Stoke Stoke at <laughs> top flying side?" I've been sat there for thirty years licking their wounds. What are, you, are we going to expand this? Are we going to say Wigan? Or since their inception, it's been it's been an uh, annoyance. 
that they've not been a top flight side. Swansea, oh, when they were they were playing <laughs> trade in league to, in the fourth division, they just oh, they thought we're better than this. We can be we can be top top Premier yeah. League dogs, baby. Top division but... one cream. <laughs> what what is it? Yeah, so I I get that. I get there's a degree of we have that a certain degree. But I, I think we've by and large this is not for every, I can't you know this is not speaking for everybody and uh, I know there are plenty of exceptions to this rule. But I think we've learned over our time away from the. Uh, the the glorious sunshine of the Premier League, we, we've 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 had to eat a bit of humble pie and appreciate our place in the pyramid. So players like uh, Whelan and Brunt, um, yeah, yeah. and Antonio to an extent, we've we've ex- we've had to kind of grudgingly accept. Okay, we got they they were too good for us and they got we got some good money for them and hopefully they go on and have lovely careers i i wonder if your average charlton fan who thinks they deserve to be in the premier league um has has reached that stage of of thinking where it's like okay yeah just because they left the club doesn't mean that they like hate us or anything um (laughs) it's just the job it's but it's also it's also amplified by this media that they're a London club, so they get this jelly deals uh, tongue bathing from the media. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. oh. Um, so what, what did you what did you give Captain Fox Morgan? I've gone for a seven. A seven. That's fair. I, I, I did. I think this just says six point five, and I'm like, no, he's better than that. Because I I really appreciate. I, I saw your point about he's he's almost developing this weird kind of Kieran Lee like. Um, arrival times in the box. Do you think that's going to be the next, his next form is, uh, is, is a Kieran Lee-esque midfielder that just pops up late in the box? Oh, that'd be so fun. Imagine if at that, at the age of like 26, he's gonna, he has a complete like change in his career and becomes that sort of, I don't know, just a completely different guy. I mean, he's, he's not bad with the ball. Um, I don't think he quite knows what, will happen when he swings his foot at the ball but <laughs> more often than not it's all right he seems better on he seems better for crossing though i think he can do, he I, can I think more often than not his crosses are better than not you know i agree i agree no i i, I, um, I can see it I'm, I'm i'm all for it so we'll have a midfield of Dom- dominic iofa and morgan fox for uh, the next game there we go <laughs> Oh, with Barry Bannon sitting in behind Fletcher for a little scot off. Um, <laughs> I, I agree with the seven. I'll go for that. Uh, so, do you want to do the midfield two, or do the you want to go? Two, or, do you want to go? Uh, what, should we right just do Harris? Uh, yeah, let's Harris. do Harris. I've got six point five. Um, it wasn't oh, really his day to day. Maybe that's a harsh. Yeah, maybe it's more of a seven. Um. It, I, I think, think I'm just said, bowled over by the fact we won a game of football, Luke. Sorry, I'm just I know, elated. I know, I know, I know. And I'm I think I did, I did a lot of this narrative when I when we were like looking like we're career into a one yeah, or yeah. we were going to negatively play make a winner for Charlton. <laughs> um, I said it, I didn't really click for him, and we didn't get a vintage year from his step over wine. But he's <laughs> he's still a man who like this is a thing. He's still he's so dangerous. Yeah. And like we can just give it to him. He's always an outlet. Yeah. I I'm I just so I said six point five, it's uh, I said it feels right but a little harsh. Because he tried so hard and he had a great shot in the second half. And I don't know, this is the question. Like it's it's kind of like you, you know, you get the wingers, you get your wingers with your flair who do who do the square roll the square root of F all yeah. game. And you get your Chris Waddles 
who, you know, they don't really need to do much and they're kind of lazy, but they're going to produce a moment of quality. Yeah. So we kind of have like the reverse of that, other than just like Harris just runs for days. He's just got so much industry. I, I, yeah, I'm a, I, I just, I really, really love Kadeem Harris. Uh, I think he falls into what a find, what an yeah. absolute find. Just, I mean, we've talked, we have talked about this before, but just ha- having gone through those days of people like Giles Coke <laughs> hiding. Yeah hiding behind players so you don't get the ball passed to you and stuff. And, like, that's why I very rarely have a criticism for Barry Bannon because even when he's been in his worst form, which is still pretty good, I've never, ever seen Bannon go hiding. He always wants the ball. He always wants to try and make things happen. And it's almost like if he makes a mistake, actually he wants the ball even more because he wants to make up for it. And Mm. that kind of, like honesty and endeavor it goes a long long way to to you know into my affections for a player and kadeem harris is already there and it's actually really rare to have a winger that has that kind of mentality because as you say you are on the periphery of things it's fairly easy as a as a winger to to kind of count yourself out of a match just with your your lack of actions and and lack of setting things up but harris just slogs away at it and like today he wasn't getting any joy out of that left back he was that doty was just as quick as him which is always hard for a winger like harris to to come up against but he just kept slugging away at it um and we've seen other games where that's happened where he's just just by virtue of being that bit fitter for longer he gets that chance to run at his guy when they're too tired or when they've been subbed off or whatever um so i think I think six and a half, probably looking at the all of the kind of end product of things. But he mm. did have two really good chances today. There was one that produced a save. He did his usual curling away, cut inside and curling away right footed shot, which was was fairly close. He doesn't hit the target with those very often. Um, but yeah, I think probably looking at it cold hard fact wise, I think Seven. six and a half probably oh yeah i think six and a half is fine but uh but i just wanted yeah just felt like saying that i, I really love kadeem harris think he's ace i mean there's the <laughs> there's a the general phrase which i i can counter and, and say this isn't true um i don't know if you're aware of the phrase uh pizza even oh yeah even even when it's bad it's still good and the yeah. similar thing about sex as well but i i think there's pretty bad pizza and there's pretty bad sex as well yeah um but there's never that bad of a Kadeem Harris. There isn't he really, rise, no. There he, really rise, isn't. he rises above pizza and sex <laughs> in that regard. And then <laughs> I, I think I want, to say, I want to say the same about Barry Bannon, if we move across the park and we'll pick him next. We Baz. We Baz. Um, who, a similar deal. Like you said, even when it, yeah, well, you, you did say the same, right? You said, yeah, even yeah. when he's bad, even when he's bad, he's still pretty good. And today, I, I want to give him an eight. Because um, yeah, it was just, was... it was so beautiful that cross, and there was just so many important passes and plays. Um, I think we always know this. We always try and. Um, I know you, you did the tweet about <laughs> the episode where we did the best player and. Um, oh yes. And um, podcast listener and fan of the podcast, uh, Drew Drentry, who, shout out to Drew, he's, he's always excellent, very nice, very nice gentleman, um, basically said, uh, you know, the best player putting together, is it Bannon, basically, <laughs> yes. we're, we're done here. 
And um, I think we as Wednesday nights, because we're so close to it, we're kind of, we don't fully sometimes appreciate Bannon. Because I think sometimes we, I don't know, I wonder if it's a similar thing with Forestieri. Maybe I'm just comparing him to that pomp when he came. And I, I feel there's been, I know you're saying about the Bannon that always wants a ball. But I think there's also been the Bannon that's kind of retired on the pitch backwards. The yeah. Bannon who, who kind of made the ball and space. I know, but sometimes when it's not worked, it's kind of been that midfield quarterback. It's It's been, you know, I'm going to lay deep and just, just ping a few Hollywood balls out. I think when it doesn't work. But the, the thing I remember about that first year, there's, there was a few games, there was a few games where Bannon was just getting forward and just causing so much damage and just so many beautiful touches. So I think that's sometimes the thing with Bannon is like I kind of miss, for the games where it doesn't kind of work, where his, his big killer passes don't come off, I sometimes wish and sometimes pine for that kind of drive from midfield that he can have. And he has had it yeah. before. I, I think he would kind of say, I think there's been comments previously that he kind of sees his role being a bit back on the pitch. Yeah. But like, I... I I would be, if I was the Wednesday manager and if I had some great charm and charisma to pull this off, some kind of, uh, and, and probably a better knowledge about football and all that stuff. And uh, maybe my coaching badges, you know, the ones badges, to really, so. the ones to really just shove in Alan Irvin's face. Um, <laughs> I would put an arm around Bannon and say, you are that player. You are that player that can get forward. He, he can do a bit of everything, really. I think in the three, that is what he's being encouraged to do. I think in a in a two like today he's got to do a lot more work, but he's he's good at that too most of the time. Like his tackles, um, his slide tackles are are successful more often than not. Uh, yeah, I, but today, as you say, it, a lot was clicking, and uh, his set pieces were good, his crosses were good, uh, and his general play was 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 really fantastic. So I think I think really great. Is, is, I think it's for Baron. one of his. I think it's up there, one of the better performances he's had this season. Um, but that's not saying that kind of sounds in a damning way, but it isn't. And just saying it's just the best of the best. Yeah. One of the yeah. best of the best. I mean, sometimes actually we've had a few games where he's had a bit more output in terms of assists and goals. Um, but he had a really good shot. I felt I felt that was a beautiful shot he had in the second. Yeah. Which was a uh, touch wide. Such an exquisite cross for Fletcher. And, you know, he always just keeps things ticking over and moving the ball around. Yeah, Bannon. Just an absolute revelation. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and uh, so to go back to the uh, the Fletcher and Bannon uh, name-guessing game, uh, the guy who was described as loves his hair, loves himself, uh, Sam Hutchinson. <laughs> Which I think we all love kind of Sam Hutchinson a little bit, even when he's <laughs> even when he's kind of a bit below par. And uh, it's been a weird season for, for Hutch so far. I'd give him a 6.5 today. I think he was a 6 in the first and a 7 in the second that we yeah. saw of him. Um, it's kind of weird, though. He's just, he's got another no. yellow. He's got another yellow. He's got nine yellows. I know. We're going to see him. I'm going to hear him on the commentary again sometime soon. Yes, yes. It's going to happen. This just... Yeah, no. I don't. I can't remember much that Hutch did, to be honest. Mm. Uh, but sometimes that is the nature of that kind of that position just in front of the defence. If you're doing your job well, actually, you're not doing big stuff. You're not making tackles because what you're doing is intercepting before yeah. 
it gets to the yeah. stage where it needs yeah. to be tackles. So, and he didn't, you know, he's not giving the ball away. He just, uh, yeah, he didn't seem to do too much going forward. He didn't do too much going backwards, but kind of altogether hung pretty nicely. I think six and a half is is, is fair enough. Um, the final member of that starting midfield was Fernando Forestieri. FF, or should I say FFS? <laughs> um, especially for that costliness. Um, yeah, yeah. Good, good assist with a disallowed goal. Um, I'm going to go for a six. I don't think that's damning. I think Uh-oh. I think he was all right. You know, I I and you've got to think he tweaked his knee seventeen yeah. on as well, so he yeah. sort of fought on with that injury as well for however long. But I I don't know. I think that's just the natural thing. With we've been here before with Forestieri. I'm not going to revisit that conversation we had at the beginning of the podcast. No, no, great we've done Forestieri, haven't we, this episode? We've done it. We've done Forestieri. I think the thing is, the thing I'm disappointed, the thing I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful that there's another gear with Forestieri, but I'm just, I'm losing faith that there is at this stage. Yeah. Well, I remember us being excited at the start of the season at the prospect of him playing for a contract. Yeah. I mean, if it's, it's him not, playing for a contract, then... It's not happening. It's not materialised. And I'm sure the the thing is, someone will give him a contract if it's not us. No, but it, I, he, he won't be getting a contract like he's on at this point in time. Oh, so Lord, no. No, no, no. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I think six is six is fair enough, really. Because um, if you take away the disallowed goal, didn't really do anything other than miss a sitter. Um, Atty knew you. Um, <laughs> I started writing this. I think I initially gave him a six point five upgrade to a seven because the goal. Right, yeah. And of the disallowed one as well. The the comments I first wrote was uh, he did something today. He sure did. I can't tell you what it is. See, this is the thing. He got he got an eight point one from uh, from who scored. He's our he was our wow. second player, wow. but he won eight aerials, which is I do think that shows the, the fact he's taking that sort of strain from Fletcher in terms of the winning the ball from from the from the long kickouts. Because Fletcher only won three aerial balls, mm. so I, I do think that sort of shows that the new year was kind of doing doing at least that bit of things. <laughs> um, that was more than anybody else on the pitch. The the amount of I aerials mean, he won. I've seen I've seen bad new year performances, and this wasn't one at all. No, um, I've seen better new year performances. You know, he wasn't running things. He wasn't doing. He wasn't doing as we talked about last week on the uh, the Opta Rich stats. He didn't atty knew you hardly at all. I think he only atty knew you once in the whole game, and he was on the pitch for ninety minutes. I mean, it was a really low in terms of atty knew you per, per minutes on the pitch. Pretty yeah. low, lower uh, incidence today. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I I know exactly what you mean. I, I I think he probably did a lot of stuff that went unnoticed that meant that Fletcher could could probably focus on being a bit more of a striker, but. Uh, yeah, I think I, I think that's yeah seven and a half something like that would would be my score for him. Mm. Nice, really nice for him to get that goal at the end, and he took it so well. He did take his disallowed goal brilliantly well. That was that a, was the thing. That was this is the funny thing was like outside of that performance, he's had two moments of just absolute real quality. Yeah, yeah. One of which you know, one which was disallowed, which yeah, probably was offside. Um, but just felt such a shame for the quality of everything, the way it went. And then this last goal was just lovely. So good. Yeah. So, and that's the funny thing is I've probably given Fletcher similar or better scores for similar things, right? I think sometimes he's had that final killer touch or goal. Yeah. And sometimes it hasn't quite been there for him. 
yeah. So yeah. maybe seven's hard. I feel like seven is right for me, but I can see it maybe a bit harsh. I don't know. Yeah, well, you go seven. I'll go seven and a half. It's cool. It's fine. Right, right. Okay. I just I just know who Atty would be friends with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Fletcher, big Fletch. I went for a seven point five. Uh, just two absolute beautiful goals. Um, just really classy. Yeah. I'm going to give him an eight because he got it in the keeper's face. I love that. Bit of aggro. <laughs> eat it. Eat it. You mother. Bit of, bit of, bit of needle. Uh, I re- was reminded when, uh, again, sorry, not to harp on about that plumbing video even longer, but um, when they were going through fake Scottish people in our in our squad, we are rather blessed with, uh, with fake Scottish people. Uh, <laughs> Because <laughs> Fletcher was born in Shrewsbury. Um, really? Yes. Yeah. But he but he spent he a lot of time. Up, growing he up moved up at the, the age of nine to uh, to Scotland, and he, he so, so he did most of his schooling and all of his um, youth football in Scotland. But yeah, he's he's sort of in in some ways fake Scottish as well as Liam Palmer and uh, <laughs> and John Rhodes. John Rhodes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, sorry. Um, yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. He he did what he did to, what he's there to do, didn't he? What more can you say? Yeah. Um, should we cover the subs then? Uh, Jacob Murphy. Yep. Let's do that. Uh, Murphy, I went for a seven. Uh, won the pen and a good few free kicks. Uh, yeah. The Murphy, the Murphy berries seem to be in season and long may it continue. <laughs> Beautiful, lovely. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, Adam Reach. Peach of a cross with a new you header. Uh, I liked his bite in industry. Uh, a good sub, if not quite a starter at the moment. I know. It was a nice little 10-minute cameo, particularly because he'd been... I I think he comes in for a lot of criticism that he doesn't deserve. Uh, Adam Reach. Mostly due to the, the elevated price tag that you know seems to go up every time I hear it, you know. Twenty one million pounds he cost. But I thought midweek he was he was pretty desperately poor and and obviously gave the ball away at the uh, the start of the mood move that led to the goal. So it was nice to see him come back. Good ten minute cameo, as you say, put himself around and, and uh sort of pinched the ball off the opposition a couple of times and then yeah, what a great sumptuous cross for Atty New Year to uh, uh-huh. to score from. Luongo was Oh, so actually we've got, done them out of turn, sorry. But um, I don't remember Luongo doing very much, to be honest. They were on the pitch I actually, for a of time. And maybe this was just because I love Luongo. I said he can't miss out on a seven either. And in Lucra Winfrey fashion, he gets a generous seven he finds under his seat. You get a seven, you get a seven. Everybody gets a seven. <laughs> it's a seven. Yeah. So maybe everyone gets the greatest seven if Luongo gets a seven. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. But yeah maybe, okay. maybe just do away with all the entire work I put in on this player rating <laughs> so far. Did you call yourself Luca Winfrey? I oh, did. Beautiful. I did. Did it, dude? Oh, that's so good. <laughs> I well, we we are um, you know similar things. You know, I am starting a media empire as well, <laughs> and um, and there we go. And that's where the comparisons end. I think uh, I think we've sort of done that to death, haven't we? Now, Luke. Yeah. The only thing I really want to give is a little kind of bonus extra. Is I I really want to kind of give some of my discarded thoughts and when I thought we were careering to a one all or a two one. Okay. Reverse. Your disastrous. Um, uh, your missives from my rider was basically so long without a win, such a dry spell. We need to clockwork orange hours of Wednesday wins into <laughs> them so they can have victory scorched into their spank banks. <laughs> 
And actually, here's another concept which I come up with, which I, I think could still be used. I think is not something that we should completely discard just yet. Um, so I'm wondering if basically with the advent of technology and the way that things are progressing, Rich, uh, with technology as a whole, this brave new future we're going into, maybe we could have some VR simulations for our strikers, have them put into a series of repeatedly easy finishing situations, and then that could build their confidence. Yeah, and, and this could also simulate the game time that our bench strikers need as well. That'd be good. Maybe with Fletcher, we could get rid of like three or four of the misses, so that when he plays, he's primed to score the next one. You know, that kind of rule of averages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I agree with you. <laughs> get, if he gets three misses in a row, pull him out of the simulation. Stephen, you're ready for the match. <laughs> <laughs> A bit like, you know, how um, pitchers and um, relief pitchers and stuff in um, Major League Baseball have the bullpen. Yes. Maybe we could oh, just watch yeah. him. Just watch him with a little headset on. <laughs> just to the side. Just, just be like, he's ready. He's ready. Bring him he's on. Ready. Get him on. Get him on. He's primed. Unleash the big man. He likes <laughs> He likes the header. Uh, lovely stuff. Any more? Any more missives from the... Uh... From the dark beyond? Ah, I just said the commentary is horrendously poor and underwhelming. It has a looser handle on the game than Joey Pelopessi. <laughs> and that's about it. The only thing I've commented was just, uh, I just, I keep looking at a lot of Gary Monk and I just, um, I envy his hair because I'm a man who's uh, balding. Shout out to oh. my, um, my mum's male side of the family. <laughs> Oh um, yeah, he did, he he's got a good good head of hair on him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it was really good. I mean, obviously you expect them to be chuffed, uh, but they they absolutely loved every bit of that win as much as as much as we did. That was really nice. The celebration on the uh, of Atty's goal on the uh, <laughs> on the bench was just uh, was was a joy to behold. Uh, we got Brentford up next, so they're. Um, they're just they're one of the teams between us and the playoffs, so that's going to be a, a bit of a tricky task. Brentford, who today put seven past Luton. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've been a bit of a bogey club for us at times, haven't they? They're one of those that we just keep bumping bumping up against as we we wander through the uh, yeah divisions. It's, it's felt a long time since um, was it the I think it was a game against down at Brentford that um, Zhao just rolled Jack O'Connell. Oh, future piglets and then just sealed it to really kind of feel like we kind of announced that we really had this promising young striker on our hands who then earns a call up to the Portugal national team. Um, but if that's a very, that's a real callback to some real prime days under Carvajal. Yeah. Those are some joyous times. Um, it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to know that today's result was, was a huge relief. Obviously it was, it was nice to get the monkey off our back having not, not one in so long, uh, but the, the 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 sort of the asterisk next to that one is just how depleted Charlton were. Uh, how, you know how few of the their their first teamers they had to call on, maybe. So I don't know. We, we, we'll see. I think I think it'd be interesting to to balance the two against each other once we've once we've played Brentford to uh, two of the less glamorous Londonish clubs back to back. Following our um, West Midlands doubleheader that we had. Yes, exactly. There was a there was a, another lovely little bit of commentary that uh, Ostuma, their player, their sort of attacking midfielder, they gave away the goal. Um, they said he's well travelled. He's played in Turkey, uh, Preston, uh, oh no, Bolton, 
And don't forget Walsall. Yeah, who could forget Walsall? Like he's basically like he's dotted around some pretty middling clubs in the UK, but he came from Turkey, so he's well travelled. Anyway, right. Um, I'm going to say cheerio and uh, wish you wish you well for the week ahead, Luke. You too. Have a good one, Reggie. Cheerio. See. Bye.